Hi, and welcome to the She's a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Louise, and this podcast is going to be brought to you every single week. If you're a Christian and you're looking for some great community, then we hope that this podcast makes you feel like you've nipped round to your pal's house for a cup of tea and a chinwag, and that you go away feeling even more excited and more aware of God's goodness, his love for you and his protection over you. If you aren't a Christian or you know some Christians, but they're a bit weird, maybe you're not even sure that God exists, maybe you're seeking, then this is a great place for you too. Come along, tune in, and we hope that you go away feeling encouraged and uplifted, hearing testimonies of goodness from people from all walks of life. Tune in, I don't really know what I'm doing, but does anyone, and let's do this together. Hi, and welcome on to another episode of the She's a Christian podcast. I am really excited today to be chatting with a lady that I met about five years ago now, five and a half years ago. Her name is Christine Marshall and she is from over in Glasgow and not only is she such an interesting and dynamic and amazing person but I just know that by the end of this call you're gonna want to be your pal as well because <laughs> the first time I met her I thought I actually feel like we we're meant to be like best friends we just haven't had enough time to hang out and make that happen um, but she's here on the call tonight and or today whenever you're listening to this and let's just get straight into it. So Christine Marshall is over in I'll just say Glasgow she is a mum to a teenager now who is 16 17 <laughs> oh my goodness and um she and I met when I was at a wedding and Christine was working for a company that came and nannied for babies and right at the last minute she got moved from another baby to my baby and when I went up to just settle around and show her where Joseph was and things like that we got chatting I think she was reading were you reading a Christian book of some description yeah. I was reading a Christian book and I said are you a Christian and she said I'm actually a, a basically a pastor and I was like hang on a minute what and I missed so much of the wedding because I was having a far better time sitting on the ground in my dress chatting to you even though you were meant to be looking after my baby so I could be downstairs having a a dance and all the rest of it so that's where we first met and we kept in touch ever since and we've you know met up over the years for coffee and various things and you've always been such an encouraging just really grounded genuine and real person um that I'm so glad that I I met and when I first started doing this podcast you were one of the first people that came into my mind because I think you possess something so unique and that is just the ability to just be yourself and point people to Jesus you are such a humble person and I just, um, I don't think you've got any idea just how brilliant you are. So I'm going to give you a little bio on Christine and her work background and what she's doing at the minute. So when we first met, she was actually training up with the Church of Scotland. She, the, the title was parish assistant, but to everyone else, it was basically a pastor. She would um, fulfill that pastoral role. She would preach on Sundays. And even though she resigned and um, um, from that particular role a year and a half ago, she still called on occasionally to go and cover, I guess, any, you know, sickness or holiday leave and things like that. Kirsten's always been involved in charity and foundations and giving back and is someone that really has a heart for her community. I'll hand over to Kirsten, let her tell you a little bit about the mental health charity that she is the founder of, but has merged into another one that she works in as well. So Kirsten, can you tell us a wee bit about what your day-to-day -day work with the charity looks like and actually a little bit about the charity itself and what it's called. Um, well, thank you, Louise. 
feel like I'm just about to get an Oscar or something. You are, basically. <laughs> it's sure overwhelming. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> My self-esteem is booming right now. Thank you so much. I appreciate the introduction. Um, yeah, so I work for a charity called New Rhythms for Glasgow. And we basically work with, um, uh, we work as inclusively as we can. So anybody that just needs the help, we're there for them. But predominantly we work with people with like severe and enduring mental health problems, people who are in recovery from addiction, single parents, people living in poverty, all those groups. And we use um, music, art, dance, and other health and wellbeing tools to basically just make their life better. Um, and it's great. I've been there five years and it really is a grassroots project. And yeah, we're small. We want to remain small. We're not into becoming this big, massive corporation who pays a CEO like, you know, a quarter of a million pounds or whatever. We just want to serve people as, as best we can. Um, and they serve us right back. So it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Oh. And what's the charity called? It knew rhythms for Glasgow. And then on the back of that, I created a, a kind of sister, a, a branch, I want to say, mm-hmm. of it, Recovery Rhythms. Yeah. And that's for women only. And we predominantly use dance as a as a core mental health and recovery tool okay. for them. So that's probably the biggest part of our wider charity yeah. is successful helps loads of people and me and yeah I just love it so it's safe to say that you definitely have a heart for people that you explained this to me as they're not necessarily if people are listening to this it's not that they are in recovery from alcohol abuse or drug abuse or any of the things that might spring to mind when we think of addicts but you explained that these people are sometimes just in recovery from darkness like you know stuff that feels heavy and dark in their lives like you're saying like there's people that are trapped in complete and utter like working poverty there's people that have gone through horrific relationships they're just trying to navigate through life and just do the basics but they maybe can't get moving and they don't know what help is out there and in comes you like yourself and your charity and offers a community and a service and yeah it sounds like it's very very fulfilling work so take us back. You are obviously a Christian or you wouldn't be on this podcast and you certainly wouldn't have been um, in, a, in, a, in a pastoral role for the Church of Scotland. Can you give us a wee insight into how you came to know Jesus, how you became a Christian, when that was and what that journey looked like? I am probably everything you would think a Christian would not be. And I didn't grow up in a Christian family or anything like that. Um, I actually took my child to a local church for like a kind of playgroup thing. Yeah. It was for that. I wasn't like seeking a spiritual awakening or anything like that. It was just to give Tess something to do, you know? And then in that experience, I ended up, oh, long story short, falling in love, got engaged, all that jazz. Um, and it didn't work out. and. I was so broken by that that I ended up seeing a, a Christian counsellor. And at the, in the back of that, I was just beginning my own recovery journey from drugs and all sorts of stuff. 
and I, I went to her and I, I, the problem was I, I just couldn't let people love me. I could not let anybody love me because I didn't love myself. So I was telling her all this stuff, you know, the battle with drugs and drink and eating and whatever and sex, all that stuff. And she says to me, I didn't even know she was a Christian. She says to me, you know, Christine, your, your problem is not drugs. It's not men. It's not sex. It's not alcohol. Your problem is a spiritual problem. You have a, a spiritual illness. And I was like, who does she think she's talking about? <laughs> Random shit. Yeah, I was absolutely raging. Um, but then we we kept working together and I was like, and I, I, the more she explained it from a Christian perspective, the more I got it. And I was like, oh my goodness, this woman is right. So we identified the problem. And then I was like, well, what's, what's the solution? You know, like, what do I do now? Because I, I see all this darkness that's been in my life through choice, that's been in my life through from other what other people have did to me I see all that darkness what do I do now and she basically just told me I have to invite Jesus into my heart and and be saved and I was like what like is that it like so we did it we did it that day in our living room I was on my knees was, you know we prayed for ages and then I drove home and I was like looking out the window in my car like waiting for something <laughs> to happen <laughs> Oh, at any moment like, something's going to burst at the clouds or whatever and nothing happened you know it wasn't like a, a big thing um, but what did happen is I was absolutely faced with all of the sin in me that came before anything else I just seen um, all of my sin like visually audibly I, I, I felt it all and in that moment, I moved from victim, because I was in perpetual victimhood, mm -hmm. moved from victim to a really powerful person, not because of me, but mm -hmm. because of the power that I had, had just um, invited into me. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, I just felt, and the power wasn't, you know, invisibility or anything like that. It was like, um, oh my goodness, I have this best friend this source of life, this savior that is there for me like 24 hours a day. Like I am so powerful because of that. Like, and it was, it was just a magical feeling. And you know that high you get when you've just been saved. Like I, I was there, I was off and running. I was like, yes, let's do this. But yeah, so it just kind of went from there. So once the high died off, then came the hard work because it wasn't like, Oh, I said that prayer and all of a sudden I was perfect. You know, I was spotless. I was just pure as white. I had to do a lot of work around forming a relationship with Jesus, around addressing and embracing my own sin and just asking God to remove it and, and trusting the process. And it was up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Um, and it's still like that today, but it's a, a beautiful journey. Number one, what I'm thinking is that, counsellor was bold like I don't know if like whatever governing body she was certified by like where there was guidelines about not sharing your faith or things like that because there's so many guidelines people have to adhere to but I love that she perhaps broke some of them or towed the line with some of them 
that she actually had the boldness to step out and say, knowing that you weren't a Christian, um, this is a spiritual battle. And actually she was more interested in your soul than she perhaps was in any like legislative guidelines, right? I'm presuming her there. And I love that she did that because look at the legacy that she then created. I mean, she literally saved your soul. Like yeah. really, um, by leading you to to Christ. And also as well, it makes me laugh to think of you driving home, like any minute the clouds are gonna part and I'm just gonna see like a cherub with its wee bum hanging out, like coming towards me. And actually nothing happened. And although you say you had a lot of work to do, you know, in that moment when you become a Christian, you, you know, say the sinner's prayer although you don't see yourself as fully righteous and you have to have an, there has to be a conviction of your own sin, right? God sees you as fully righteous. He literally sees you as he sees his son, Jesus. But I think as humans, it takes a long time for that to catch up. We cannot believe that someone sees us white as snow and blemish free. We just can't believe it because we're a new creation. We're born again. And there's a massive disparity, I sometimes think, between even as a Christian, I've been a Christian for a long time. Like I know on paper how God sees me, but I am acutely sin conscious of my own stuff, which is right where the devil wants me. Right. So absolutely. As you say, although you made that decision, there was still stuff on earth that needed to be, to be dealt with. Right. And that relationship with Jesus would, yeah, you know, forge and develop and, and things over time, you were a baby, you were a baby Christian just a baby what happened next because I'm presuming you didn't go home and you know all your friends and family threw you a party they probably just thought you were nuts yeah they did <laughs> <laughs> like it's just a phase you know like oh gosh um what happened next was a lot of self-love a mm-hmm. lot of you know, seeing, as you described, like trying to see yourself the way that God sees you. Mm-hmm. I tried, like, I tried the looking in the mirror and saying it back to myself, like, you know, oh, that, all the affirmations and all that. And I tried, you know, just studying, studying, studying. And um, and it didn't work. Like, it, it, it didn't work for me. And... I had to end up just saying, listen, like, listen, you, God, like, listen, I, I am still full of disbelief about how you see me. I, I, I just, I cannot see myself the way that, that you see me. I cannot let it move from page to heart. Like, I just, it's not happening for me. Um, so whatever it is that's blocking that off, I'm going to need you to take it away. And then... Um, and again, I didn't wake up the next day full of self-love, you know, like, oh, hey, like that didn't happen. But it was it was just a slow, organic, beautiful process of it just moved from, from page to head to heart. And I, you're so powerful, Louise. You're, I tell you what, see the most dangerous people that I've experienced? It's people who don't know uh, how loved they are, people who are insecure, people who are full of self-loathing, they are dangerous people in my experience because they, they then, sorry, this is a generalization. My experience is that there's a tendency to hurt other people because of how they're feeling. I did it. I've, I did it for years. Um, but 
but what happens to people when they, they see how they see themselves how God sees them yeah. they just they can't possibly put anything else out there into the world other than than goodness yeah. and, and love like it's just, it just it becomes almost impossible do you know what I mean and they become not dangerous people <laughs> safer people yes safer people that that you that you want to be around so i became a safer person i became a safer person for my child for my friends for my family for my work colleagues for myself i became a safer person and i completely safe today no i'm still deeply flawed you know but i have a power and a, a source that I, I tap into all that that it needs to come from God because if I try and do it through a self-help journal or a free mm-hmm. a book that I would buy on Amazon written by some self-help guru or something, yeah. it does not work. I've, mm-hmm. I've tried. The source would be faulty. Exactly. So I guess the, que- the answer to your question, sorry, is um, I am in a daily practice now mm-hmm. that I very difficult before of... I hated praying, I hated praying. Daily practice of, of, of prayer and just asking for for power, from power from the from source to, to be the person I'm supposed to be. God is very much a verb in my life today. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, um, okay, Christine, you want to feel more joy? You want to feel more love? You want to feel more patience? Then go out and, and you be more joyful. You be more patient. You be more loving. You know, so I, I try and practice things as, as much as I can. Yeah. Do. Yeah. yeah, oh my gosh, I totally relate to that. I have to get up every single day and reposition myself mm. um, in the truth of, like, who I am, how God sees me, because if I don't, like, quite honestly, I will very quickly become very depressed, yeah. very angry, lose the plot, become quite woeful, like that's those are my default characteristics if I'm not walking in the spirit like that's the fleshly side of me and that's something that's become more pronounced as I've gotten older and it's almost like yeah it's like there's the light but then the alternative to that has become darker if that makes sense like if I don't daily just get under that spirit and just reposition myself and remember my position and my posture before Christ it's definitely a daily thing like all hats off to the folk that can just float through for months and just be, you know, walking in all the peace, love and joy. But for me, it's like a daily, before I face my kids in the morning, before I open an email, I've got to be repostured <laughs> back in. And I don't mean that from a work's point of view. That would be very exhausting from a like, oh, Jesus, please forgive me for everything I did yesterday point of view. Not at all, because, you know, what God done on the cross, he has done. Like, I'm not diluting or, you know, pissing all over that by you know, questioning my salvation, but just for my own mental health and to make my life better every single day I get up and I just have to remind myself who I am in Christ, how he, how, what he thinks of me and what my, you know, inheritance is in Christ as a daughter of the King is. And that's my springboard every day. Otherwise it just all goes totally wrong. Mm-hmm. So I can totally relate to that. And I, I'm so glad that I'm wired up that way because I think it's such a lovely thing to engage in daily. Just coming every day and saying, Jesus, like you just have to, you just have to just 
have my back today because of my own effort, I have absolutely nothing to bring to the table. Mm. Nothing. So I think there's nice things to come out of being a bit wired up like that, right? Because you've got absolutely no capacity and no wiggle room to ever think that you're bringing anything good out of your own effort. You just know that you're not. Right? I know. <laughs> you know, like, and that's one of my character defects, like just thinking that, oh, I've devoted my whole career to the service of others. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> like, like, just shut up. You know what I mean? It's just mm. not a nice thing to, to wrestle with. But mm. it's just great that we have a God that we go to like you just lay all this at the cross and just be like oh please unburden me nonsense like it's we have to perform for it and what was it that through your own experience like you mentioned addiction what if you want to share do you think was the main thing that led you to having a heart for people that are going through some dark times and feeling this burden of wanting to help them in a, in a real way I think like attracts like that's my experience mm-hmm. and when you've been I mean I've always been poor I've always had uh, problematic family relationships like traumatic things happen and I think when and I'm not getting a violin out I'm thankful for those experiences um, but I think when that's been your experience you you just want to, to help someone um mm-hmm. feel better really yeah. like feel like it does not have to be this dark forever mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. i can i can show you because we come sit down and i'll tell you all the stuff but you know what i mean yeah you can do what your counselor did to you for yeah. other people yeah definitely definitely yeah and do you feel a sense of as well like i know that the people that you meet, um, you, from a socioeconomic point of view, have maybe been dealt, they haven't had the privileges other people have. So they've been, number one, dealt a harder deck. And maybe then, it's all tied in, isn't it? Like really, there's so much tied in, like generationally, and how you're raised and where you're raised that has a huge ripple effect on often the deck of cards that you end up with. Um, But as a Christian, um do you feel you can offer this light that isn't necessarily let me fix this, this and this, but just let me um, give you some perspective that actually as a Christian, this world is not your eternal home. And that's a phrase I just love because when you think that, you know, as a, as a, as believers, we're going to heaven, like we're going home to where we're meant to be. This world is, I mean, it, it was a dead donkey from the get go, right? When you, have a faith and when you see the world a bit more like that it does offer some perspective and hope doesn't it and is that something that you try to convey to the people that come across your path like you maybe cannot go out there and cancel their debts and find them a loving partner and get them their dream job and get them this this and this but you can offer a hope that is eternal has that come up Definitely. I think it's more a perspective thing. Like some of the most spiritually wealthy people I've met have been, I mean, I'm just back from Lebanon and on 
Syria and the, and there's folk there who are just so spiritually well. You know, I've I've done mission trips in Africa. The spiritual wealth is just I mean, they're billionaires. Like, <laughs> like I'm the I'm the poor one when I go places. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm also not a person who thinks that. Um, and this might be controversial. I don't think giving people. Um, financial solving their problems I don't think it's a good message I don't mm -hmm. uh, because it's not actually our problem of course it's difficult when you can't put your heating on of course that is difficult right mm -hmm. but actually that's that's there's a much more spiritual problem it's that needs to be addressed and mm -hmm. actually the root of all of my debt the root of all of my you know sitting snorting popping whatever at the root of all my bad decisions when it came to relationships and blah 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 was spiritual you know mm -hmm. root of why i didn't think i was good enough to go to university and i know i've been three times that wasn't because i couldn't go to university that was be because of a spiritual um mm -hmm. deficit you know what i mean like so wrong believing yes the, the, yes and i feel like if we tackle that it, it gives it's a, a more solid foundation for people to jump off of, basically. Yeah. I mean, we don't tend to advocate for... Oh, this, sound, ah, this sounds terrible when I say this. But in our charity, we're not a handout charity. Yeah. Um, we're, we're just not. If somebody's in a need, we will absolutely try our best to meet that need. But we do not endorse entitlement or victimhood in any way. Mm -hmm just feel like it's so unhelpful and I, in fact I know it because I've been there you know yeah. I, I just yeah. I, I know I don't know but I don't think that that's what God that's not the that's not the thinking program that God no. wants no and I think as well this is something my husband always said to me but we often put so much emphasis on like I guess um like money and resources and things like that but we have to remember like money's chicken feed to god right and if someone comes along and they you know as you say they're looking for a handout or something you can give that to them but the mindset is still there so they will just come back and back and back because the as you're saying the root thing hasn't been satisfied yeah. um you're not you're not satisfying the thing that's going to create change um and i think that that's real grassroots sustainable ministry isn't it it's saying hang on a minute you need to eat you need to turn your heat on like we're not going to see you hungry but actually you know your fiscal position right now even if that was to change isn't going to change what's going on inside and you're going to find yourself just as miserable yeah definitely absolutely yeah and, and i know it seems harsh it does seem harsh um possibly some people listen will be like oh that's brutal but it's like it's just it's a i don't know i just i've i i personally think it works I, and I, and people don't like hearing it straight away i didn't like hearing it but it's like you're we can be so much more than slaves to money government um, we are so much <laughs> more 
than that, like so much more. And it's just, I, I, I really pray that people wake up to that and don't be chained and burdened by the, the fear of financial insecurity. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah. and mm-hmm. I, I really, I, I just, I really want yeah. And I think though, being chained to money or having being a slave to money, it doesn't matter how many zeros your paycheck has at the end of it. It can have one, it can have right up to seven. But if you're a, if you're a slave to the emotions of that of the wage, if you're enslaved to money, it the amount is irrelevant. Yes. You know, it, it's got you by the kahunas. And that is something that as Christians, we we don't need to be at the mercy of that. Um, we definitely there's like there's wealth beyond um mm-hmm. beyond our world streams like at, at a heart level you know at like at a level that we cannot even fathom yeah mm-hmm. it's like i want i want my bank account to be full of that like mm-hmm. i'm not caring about you know this that and the next thing i i want that like I, even if we can just get a taste of it here in this mundane existence we call earth if we can just get a taste of it here like sign me up, honestly. <laughs> and for, on, a, on a practical level, though, when you look at the, look at the books of the charity, what are some of the things that you are putting on for these people? Because obviously, you know, I, I do understand that things aren't free from your side of things. Like, what are some of the running costs of the charity? Oh gosh, they're they're through the roof. And I cheap to say that actually, because we rely on government handouts to sustain charity and it's just the way the, the business model is but it's really difficult it's really you're a registered charity yeah, yeah. Okay. so okay. i'm terrible at fundraising i'm terrible at asking people for money so uh, we have a really poor business model actually mm-hmm. and hopefully somebody with more experience than me will be able to change that but yeah the running costs are high staff costs are high the cost of the actual activities that we provide are very, very low because it's all about human interaction. Yeah. You know, picking up an instrument, getting a paintbrush in your hand, like, yeah. costs are minimal. It's just, like, the overheads and stuff are, are really... Yeah. Big. In the show notes, though, I can put a link to the charity so that people can, can go and check it out because I think that people are good and I think that people love to be good stewards of what God has given them and I know there'll be people listening to this that they think okay maybe I'm meant to hear about this because actually like you say you're not a charity that gives out financial gifts but you're a charity who would welcome any donations actually to continue to help you to do the good stuff that you're doing um which is not as you say just passing on that money it's actually you're in the business of telling people how to get real wealth (laughs) And that is through what God has for you if you choose to be in relationship with him. Yeah, definitely. And don't get it wrong, we're not like a religious organization. I should probably point mm-hmm. that out. We're not a Christian charity at all. Mm-hmm. However, we, like I can give you an example of a story, right? So this is just one story from one chap. He came to our mm-hmm. chat having just been discharged from a psychiatric unit. His key worker brought him to me and mm-hmm. said, Oh, he's going to relapse. He's going to relapse in a couple of weeks, but just let him. Nice. I know, I know. This is the attitude you get. But just let him join in. And I was like, right, cool. So that was four years ago. And um, three weeks ago, the same chap, he's not relapsed once. 
He's not set foot in a psychiatric unit ever again. He's in his own tenancy. And three weeks ago, he just performed live, like in a venue, in a band. You know what I mean? Like the, and that's just one dude. Like this is, and it might not be, I'm not giving him a, a salvation message. That's not what's happening. But we're giving him hope. We're giving him um, principles and structure and and just helping him believe that he's so much more than a person who has to be tied to a bed for the rest of his life. People tell him yeah. he's crazy. You know I what I mean? Yes, like you've not become jaded and that's a very powerful place to be. Or you've got your own testimony of you know that your God is so much bigger. So for him just to come into that environment where you are aware that miracles are a real thing, that the God of this earth has a vested interest in every last hair on his head. He's coming into a completely different environment. And, you know, your words of power. And I just think that the environment that he's in is very powerful and transformative versus, like you say, his key worker, who is literally had his days numbered like he'll he'll relapse he's one of those he'll be dead next year or whatever like that's you know there's something to be said for that and actually that doesn't cost any money is your opinion of god and therefore your opinion of this chap and what you know cat could be his future oh definitely and that's darkness see that chat from that key worker that is pure she is pure dark chat. That's dark banter, lady. If you're listening to this, dark chat. <laughs> Never relapsed. Hashtag. She's seen him on stage. <laughs> no, as I said, I mean, it may not, people might not say it's demonic or whatever, but it's no. dark. It's dark. dark way to look at a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if we can invest some light, and it's organic, Louise, I don't say this. I don't believe in in our service users in a flipping or superficial way. I mm. I know that they can have a light, a life of light. I know it. And so if that's and I talk about Jesus all the time and we pray we pray. We pray for all of them. Like so it might not be a religious charity, but there's it's I, I believe we're 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 held. We're held mm. in God's hands. I do believe what religion's never a good thing, but it sounds like a Jesus charity. Um. <laughs> right because it just it just does it sounds like pure love and clearly you know as you're saying this guy is one of so many stories where he's just you know his destiny wasn't what someone thought it would be um one part of your the charity i'm really interested in because i see all the time is the cold water therapy tell us a wee bit about that who does it who's in in it like what's going on there so we meet every Wednesday night at Loss. Um, Where's Loss? Loss is like Loch Lomond. Oh, right. Okay. We meet there every Wednesday night and it's just a group of women. There's In the summer, there's like 45. In the winter, there's only like maybe 12 to 6. <laughs> when the rubber hits the road. <laughs> and we basically just, we get around a fire, we're surrounding God's creation and we just dip in the water for 10 to 12 minutes. We come out, get a bit of fellowship and it's just magical. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's ma- see creation, like, and just nature, it is just so powerful, so mm-hmm. powerful. And it's, it's just there. It totally. should be prescribed. One of my oh. friends is a GP says, I wish I could prescribe cycling or running or just walking in nature, but I can't. And it's 
you know, and I'd, I'd be in trouble if I said, FYI, if you try to walk. Um, but it's so true, isn't it? Like the, the power of nature, of creation. Um, everything in creation is well thought out. It works in harmony. There's this, this circular loop of perfection that just goes round and round and we fit into that. Um, so you guys, you meet in Lus. What time do you meet in Lus? Uh, 6.45, sorry. Yeah, so you drive there or you get the bus or whatever. Everyone's fully dressed, right? And you get out and then what, someone builds a fire? Yes. Okay, and then at what point do you get into your swimsuit? We get the rave music on. <laughs> <laughs> That's better and better. That's amazing. What, to like hype you up? Like, exactly. Your hype. Okay, got you. <laughs> and then we just get get in our swimming costumes t-shirts whatever they want to wear and we just dip and and what was it like the first time you did it were you like this is torture it, it forces you to get out of your head and be in your body got you okay okay and, and is there because i have i've done like the andrew huberman like ice cold showers and i understand the biohacking behind it i understand all of that but is there a point which it turns from cold to like euphoric? Like this feels amazing. Yeah, usually after about three minutes. Oh, it's a long time. Yeah, I know. And then you just like, it is euphoric. It's just like, I don't know how to, you feel so connected. Well, I feel so connected to God. People might call it something else, but it's just like you're literally submerged in, in him physically. You know what I mean? Like just like, all of his creation it's just like it's just all over you i know it's, it's a bit weird but that's how <laughs> for me i'm just like oh my goodness and then all the stupid stuff that you've been worrying about all that day suddenly goes away really? sleep like a baby it's amazing wow. a lot of my friends actually meg if she's listening to this and michelle they do a lot of like cold water dipping so actually at one point i think meg was talking about getting a plunge pool in her garden and i asked why didn't she just use the wheelie bin there's a reason she can't use the wheelie bin. I forgot what it is, but um, yeah, they're they're like they're into this. I'm so good. you need to do it. You need to oh, do it. Good grief! I mean, I don't even like going to Perth Leisure Pool. It's got a chill. It's a bit chilly, in my opinion. But um, okay, so that's one part of charity. And then you've maybe covered this off already. But what do you think are some major preconceived ideas that people have about Christians? What are some of the yeah some of the biggest ones? I think probably the same preconceived ideas that I had is that okay. you should be boring, mm -hmm. uh, uptight, mm -hmm. not have a sex life. Um, <laughs> I'm being serious. I thought that. Like, I mean, even in a marriage, do you know what okay, I mean? Okay. Can we just clarify something there? Uh, so, like, I, granny pants, frigid. Okay. Uh, um, like, um, yeah, just like, judgy um yeah just not fully alive like very restrained it's my experience of myself is that it it, it becomes the opposite okay you're alive you're extra alive yeah yeah you're alive in a way that that it, it transcends a physical aliveness yeah that's even yeah. a word yeah definitely it's, yeah, I think it allows you to tap into a type of existence 
mm-hmm. that is actually quite removed from a. It's like a. I don't. I don't know how to explain it. Existence is. Yeah. Is, amazing well, you're no longer you're no longer a fleshly being you are a heavenly being you, you have a spirit self that i guess longs to to be home right and that's why you you feel like that and um had you not met that christian counselor had you not stumbled into that you know church playgroup with tess where do you think your life would be today i don't think um I honestly don't think I'd be alive. That's how, that's how bad um, my addiction was, and that's how bad my mental health was. I was, I was literally, it was an internal death, mm-hmm. becoming a physical death. It was that bad. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I would be here. I really don't. My goodness. Well, let's end there. But thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I just know that when people listen to this episode, they are just going to be so encouraged. You're so relatable, so real. And tell people just a wee bit again how they can find your charity. What's the what's the website? It's www.nrfg.org.uk. Okay, and we'll put it in the show notes. And does it have an Instagram or a Facebook? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and that'll show up either new rhythms for Glasgow, and you can also find recovery rhythms, which is two separate accounts. So perfect. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, go into the show notes, and all of those things will be hyperlinked, and you will to catch Christine there and drop her a note and let her know that you listen to this, and let her know if you've been encouraged by listening to this today. So thank you for so much for tuning in to this amazing episode and I'll listen to you I'll listen to you I'll speak to you next time so if you haven't already please subscribe and leave a review or even email me with anything you think I could do to make this podcast better I'm totally open to hearing feedback and ideas every single week I am emailing out a bit of an encouraging newsletter these are going to change every week sometimes it's going to be thoughts that God has put in my heart sometimes it's going to just be maybe a series of funny stories or life hacks or things that I find helpful. Either way, it's a great way for us to connect and I would love to have you on the subscribers list. So make sure to do that. Have a lovely week praying for God's protection over you as you just go about your business and I'll see you again. Bye.